0: What is the latest in the Kyrie Irving experience situation? How does Carmelo Anthony fit into all of this? Why has the free agent market dried up so quickly? The only question left is, say it with me, you in? Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. As always, I am joined by Dave Dufour. Dave Dufour NBA now, and um, in case you're looking for him and you can't find him on, uh, on Twitter My anymore. My official
1: legal name.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, you change your, your middle name is now Dufour, and your last name is NBA. That's right. Um, Brand. Yes. So we are here to talk a little bit about everything, um, and not a lot has gone on over the weekend, but certainly a couple things have popped out with the Kyrie Irving situation. And I guess that's what we're calling it, right? It's, it's not an experience. It's a situation, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's officially a situation at this point. Um, you know, like, the t- we got the timeline of events in that ESPN piece, uh, the Windhorse piece, and so I guess he let him know a couple weeks ago. Not not before the draft, though, like you and I said he should have, you know, if he if he had an inkling, mm-hmm. he should have let him know as early as possible, um, but he did let him know a few weeks ago, and now there's a rumor, or at least, I guess, Kyrie's people think that LeBron's people are leaking this, so... It it feels like it's just going to get ugly,
0: right? Well, I it has been. When I was doing some research to do a video on this, um, it did seem somewhat compelling that there was in, that there was evidence that the Cavaliers were shopping him around the the trade the draft anyway, uh, independent of him requesting a trade. So it could very well be that he heard about that, got wind of it, and then said, "Oh, um, I want to be traded now because." After all I've done for you, and I've I won you Game Seven basically, uh, you want to trade me now? Uh, then I want out of here too. Although I went through a lot of other stuff in the past, it turns out he's been kind of wanting out for a while in different pockets of these seasons through it since he since LeBron came back.
1: Right. Well, remember when he signed his extension? The you know he signed it under the belief that he was going to be the guy in Cleveland, whatever that means. Uh, you know, I, I assume he it meant that he wanted to be the best player on a team that won about 35 games a year. Ouch. Uh, I mean, like that's just the truth, man. Like, Kyrie Irving is a good player, but Kyrie Irving is not a franchise changer like LeBron James okay. or Fair enough. You know, a guy like that. I,
0: I, I won't argue with that, but would you like to take a trip down roster lane and look at who he played with and who coached and all that stuff?
1: Oh, or? no, 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 no. Absolutely. I, no, I get it. But I'm just saying that they don't have the team they had you know, that next season, if LeBron doesn't come back, they don't make those moves to get Kevin Love. They don't sign the, you know, the ring-chasing vets. So you don't get the success that you that he's had over the last, you know, three seasons unless LeBron comes there. I, I'm sorry. I don't think that that's uh, – it right. that shouldn't even be controversial. Because, I well, mean, look at Andrew Wiggins and in, in the development that he's made. Um, do you, do you think, like, is he a good second banana for Kyrie Irving? I, I don't think so. I think it would have been a weird fit, so –
0: Oh, uh, right. I mean, it would have been okay, but I'm just thinking that, like, you know, you take any, uh, uh, take another top-tier guy. And by the way, we can. We can take Melo, and we can look at who they he's been surrounded with. And I think he might actually—this came up, uh, you know, at some point where Melo might win the award for, for worst roster around him for a guy that good around for his whole career. I know he had a little bit of success in Denver, but it was really— you know, and even when they had a, a decent team in New York for like that one year, it was still sort of like you know Jason, the corpse of Jason Kidd, and some other random pieces. So, you know, when you compare that to guys like Steph and uh, LeBron, finally LeBron, um, you know, and Michael, and all those guys, I, I, you know, it's like would would the, a team be really good if if uh, Kyrie had you know a couple other really good players to play with?
1: I don't know, man. I think it's tough. I think you I think you've got to have. A really really great roster around Kyrie and, and this is again not a knock against Kyrie I think Kyrie is a good player I just think that if he's your best player your ceiling is at a certain spot and I, I don't know if that's you know maybe that's a seven seed you know maybe it's like 45 wins something like that I, I don't I don't know what the ceiling we haven't seen it especially not a fully formed Kyrie Irving so you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying. I, I, it sounded a bit harsh to say 35 wins, but I'm just thinking about what it was when when, you know, before LeBron showed up. And and of course, David Blatt was there. So maybe David Blatt gets gets more out of Kyrie Irving and that roster than than he did when LeBron got there, because maybe he gets a chance to actually coach. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's oh,
0: it's tricky. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, okay, we can go a lot of places with this one. So, uh, all right, well, either way, we don't. We, we can't really get into hypotheticals that much because we simply don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, uh, a lot of
1: these guys who are really good, and I don't know where we want to put Kyrie. Is he top 15? Um, I, I would say... Safely top 30 probably top 25, but I don't think top 15.
0: I need to look at the list But he's certainly yeah. like I, I would say he's got to be like top 25 and he, the problem was maddening about him is that, you know Offensively, he's got to be top 15 right if you only count offense, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's one of the best scorers in the league.
0: Right. And so, and then what's maddening about it is that there are times when he can really make great plays defensively. He just doesn't do it. Now, part of the problem is he's, you know, his injury issues are are well documented, but it's also possible he's playing hurt a lot, too, and sort of banged up. And that's where the defensive stuff goes away a lot of the time. We don't have that energy. So, you know, it's been tantalizing. He's shown us, especially in big moments, some some really great defensive plays. So I'm confused about him on that end. Um, We...
1: Yeah. You know, I talked about this a little bit the other day when I when I mentioned that if if somehow the Cavs could get Eric Bledsoe in a deal for Kyrie, that there's a chance the Cavs actually improve. And and people were like, "Well, wait, you think Bledsoe's better?" No, 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 no. I think Kyrie's a better player like if you separate them, but I think that for what the Cavs need, Bledsoe's a better fit. He's a good spot-up shooter. And he really can defend, and and that's something that they miss out on. You know, I don't. I think that what Kyrie brings for them is a huge luxury for them, the yeah. ability to score one on one and stuff like that. And that's great because it keeps them in a lot of games that they probably wouldn't be in, uh, and has won them won them a title that they probably weren't going to win. You know, if he wasn't there for their for their title, they don't win it. I mean, he was he was electric. But I think what Bledsoe could do is make them a little bit more even because you've got good defense at the point of attack. You still have other issues that you know you got to fix, but I think that Bledsoe – comes in and there's not a huge drop-off in terms of quality of the team overall. Right. And you actually, your ceiling, to me, increases a little bit because of his defense.
0: Yeah, it's a a fit thing. You know, I think that the best example I can give you on that one was back in the the first year of the Lakers' three-peat with Shaq and Kobe. Uh, They had Glenn Rice in that team, and Glenn Rice did not fit. He would not accept the role he needed to play in the triangle. And I kept saying that year, I'm like, they just need to trade him for Steve Kerr. And, of course, Steve Kerr is not better than Glenn Rice by any stretch of the imagination. But he would fit better. And they needed a the guy who was just catching the shoot, which is also a bummer because if Glenn Rice just would have caught and shot it, just, like, been a guy like that, oh, my God, he would have shot 55% from three. Um, but the point being that, like, there, it's a fit thing. And I, and I, and I feel like... It's very hard a lot of times for fans to sort of wrap their heads around that and understand that, like, we're not talking necessarily about one-on-one versus a team fit. Um, So, yeah, I I agree with you. I think that that's what they need. I mean, again, I've already talked about this ad nauseum, but, like, J.R. Smith is the guy that needs to go, and that would be a great way to have, like, you know, uh, Bledsoe sort of be in that sort of role and let LeBron really just either be the point guard completely or I don't know what. But, um, yeah, the the Cavaliers, it, it sounds like it's a shit show and you, you can take your, your pick on what's going on, whether it's it's uh, Kyrie found out that they were going to trade him and he says, we'll get me out of here anyway. Uh, was it that Kyrie knows that LeBron is leaving uh, next year and wants to get out early, uh, which is just a little bit weird to me because I think I would have just said, you know what, I want to go to the finals again, and then we'll deal with it. I don't see why that isn't an option.
1: Yeah, and well, and then let's not forget not bringing David Griffin back, who Griff was the guy who sort of, you know, I think he massaged all these egos and kept everyone in check. I mean, yeah. this this was his job and he did a really good job at it, not to mention putting all these pieces around Kyrie and LeBron. So I, I just think that that sort of threw everything into flux. And now you've got the situation that you're in and it stinks because it really seems like it's not going to be reconciled. I mean, it, it looks like Kyrie is going to have to be traded. And if you're Cleveland and you're thinking about the future, you're really in a bad spot because. You may lose Kyrie Irving this summer, uh, you know, due to a trade, and then lose LeBron next summer. He's not willing to commit uh, beyond this year, and, and so I think that that's a really tough spot if you're the team. And you know, this sounds like the craziest shit, but Nick, I'm with you. I think that you got to start talking to LeBron and say, look, uh, we we want to trade you. Although, wait, I'm just seeing this report which I hadn't seen before. Glad I pulled up Real GM. Uh, and their news aggregator, LeBron has said that he is not going to waive his no-trade clause, so well, you're stuck with LeBron for the season.
0: Well, um, yeah, but that's what you say to maintain your leverage, you know. And you don't waive the trade clause; you simply say, "All right, I will go to that team." Right. Right. So I feel like there's a wiggle room there. I mean, not really, but um, how? By the way, how great it would be better for LeBron because rather than LeBron leaving by his own choice and then burning jerseys again, he could be like, what, they traded me, what can I tell you? Now, I guess he, needs to, he does need to release that clause, but like, there's a lot of political wiggle room in there for him, better though, so than just leaving outright.
1: You know, I don't think we're going to get the burning jerseys. I mean, if we could kind of fast forward a little bit. I, I just don't think we're going to. I mean, if you look at sort of the way things have been managed, first, he won a title. And I think that that matters uh, as far as, you know, your legacy in Cleveland. And then you look at the way the team has been mismanaged by Dan Gilbert and losing Griffin was such a huge thing for this team. Uh, I think that I think they've given LeBron enough out. I, I really do. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I was discussing this last night with, with some of my players because they all want to know, hey, what's LeBron going to do next summer? And, I, you know, I told him I was like. I really don't know. I, I I could see him staying. I could see him going to the Lakers. I could see him going to Miami. Now, if I, it was me trying to choose, I'd be aiming for Miami. Quality of life, stay in the East.
0: Uh, I guess. I don't see I don't, I, It's hard to imagine. He, I mean, I know he, he's been there, so he knows what, what that's like. Uh, you know, Then again, does Pat Riley want to go and deal with that again? That's another question. I guess he would, I, right?
1: Yeah, I think Pat Riley would. Um, you know, again. Anyway.
0: And by the way, you're not dealing with prime LeBron anymore. You're dealing with uh, LeBron on the on the way down, and however <laughs> slow that will be, uh, it is on, it is on the way down. Um, it, it's fascinating. I, I think he's leaving, and I, I feel like it does feel like it's it's LA right now. Even though the Lakers uh, would not be a prime destination for him unless you know things rapidly change this year, which they could with you know some of the new uh, with ball coming in. So. I don't know. It's a, It's a. It, whatever we want to say about it, it's, it's certainly a problematic thing. Now, the other thing is, is you can see how imperative it was. They brought in guys like Richard Jefferson and um, Champ uh, James Jones and um, and uh, the other shooter from Arizona. Oh my goodness, uh, tall guy. Help me, Shannon Fry. Fry. Uh, you know, those are, the, those are the guys that probably kept this locker room from completely melting down, whereas, like, a Sacramento probably would have completely fallen apart and off the, off the rails a few years ago. Those are the guys you have to have. So then you have to kind of watch, well, you know, they don't trade Kyrie. They kind of, kind of keep him. Well, you better keep your eye on guys like them. If they don't keep them, then, then the locker room can unfold pretty quickly, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so should we move on to another star who is uh, on the trade block? Who? Carmelo Anthony uh, still out there still you know still has a no trade clause. Um, it, LeBron Dirk and and Carmelo are the only guys with no trade clauses. And uh, the the news today from Bill Simmons is that uh, apparently Oklahoma City is attempting to to recruit Carmelo, which you and I talked about a little bit before we started recording. that would bring some very interesting lineup choices to Oklahoma City.
0: Yeah, you spelled weird wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, you know. So, okay, let's, let's throw this out there what the lineup could be or would be. You got Paul George and Melo fighting not to play power forward uh, alongside Adams and Russ. And then I think we're thinking that Robertson might end up starting in that lineup. And so that's an interesting thing because defensively, right, there are a lot of things you could do with that lineup. Uh, and it would probably cause him trouble for people on the other end as well.
1: Yeah, it's either going to be Robertson or it would be Patrick Patterson. And I know Patterson actually likes coming off the bench. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure how that would work out. But think about what you have to give up if you're OKC to get Carmelo. I mean, you know, Cantor is definitely in the deal. Um, Yeah, I'm not even sure the Knicks want him. Right. Probably Abrinas – Houston and, and a first round pick I would imagine that's where it starts you know you've got to do because they're over the cap you'd have to do Cantor because you need to get as close to the salary as possible yeah so I don't know that it makes much sense for OKC I, I you know I think that you lose some depth I mean Cantor is probably he's overpaid but he's still a useful piece for them I mean he was he was good for them off the bench last year so I mean his his defense is a dumpster fire but offensively what he can do and, and on the on the glass that's valuable to them
0: yeah uh, until they get to the playoffs and they say hey we're going to run screen and roll with him every time which is funny because teams don't do that necessarily in the regular season as much so he doesn't get exposed um but then again the argument could very well be let it he, he just needs like i thought that they yanked him way too quick in the playoffs last year i i believe like guys like him or javel well javel is a better example but like just give him, a, like, I know they might score twice in a row on him, give him, like, five possessions, just to see if he can figure something out with his body, and the way he moves, and whatever, you know, chances are, right, if you're going to play five possessions, they're only going to score on two of them anyway, I mean, in theory, right, like, you know, unless if it's playoffs every time. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, so it's like, to me, I feel like there's, there's just a, such a quick propensity, especially in the playoffs, just to yank guys like that, and just shut it down completely where, you know, uh, I, I remember, like, you know, it's like the Phil Jackson thing, where he won't call timeouts uh, a lot you know let's let's the team figure it out and meanwhile everyone else is like getting their hands in a bunch because they you know they like this we have to stop this but at any rate so okay so you got to include uh Cantor, which makes sense because yeah salary wise can you have the salaries uh what is mellow making
1: uh i think mellow is making about 27 right now
0: yikes okay and then Cannor's 18 maybe
1: cancer's around 18 these are all just off the top of our head um yeah, so you got to, and then you got to fill that space—that eight. Well, not quite the eight million, but almost the whole thing. All right, so he's making twenty-six point two. Um, next year he makes twenty-eight. So with okay. his option, but still, if you're Carmelo, if you want to stay in New York, do you do you accept a trade to Oklahoma City? And remember, Russ still hasn't re-signed that that extension, so he could be leaving next summer. Paul George is a free agent next summer. If you're Carmelo, like why would you why would you want to take that trade? I mean, like I, it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test to me. I, I still think Houston or Cleveland are, are the two most likely places. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just don't I don't see it happen. I think I think by the start of the season, Carmelo is still in New York.
0: Okay. And also, it's the notion of he's probably already envisioned himself in Houston and playing with those guys. And so it's like, you know, guys tend to get, you know, humans get sort of they have an idea and a picture in their head. And so it's already kind of solidified for him and probably in a way that, you know, trying to convince him of a very, uh, very tenuous situation in Oklahoma City would probably be uh, almost impossible. So uh, you never know. It's, it's weird. But certainly, you know, even like what we've heard about the uh, Oklahoma City itself, doesn't seem like it's a, a city that like Melo would want to live in uh, for him only for him specifically what we heard and what he likes So it's like that's the other issue. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it seems like a, uh, a fake fake news to me
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, and then uh, a lot of people were throwing out like Kyrie to New York like in a multi-team deal I like that actually I think Kyrie and and Porzingis would would work pretty well together It'd be a pretty lethal pick and roll um, I'm not sure what would happen to, or what would have to happen to get that deal done? You'd have to think like, again, you probably bring in Phoenix because they have a lot of young assets. So you maybe could send Nilla Kina to Phoenix and, you know, Bledsoe to Cleveland and Carmelo to Cleveland and Kyrie to New York. And I mean, it gets complicated, but, uh, I, I feel like when Kyrie gets dealt, it's, it's going to involve three or four teams. I just think that's how it's going to work. Um, the Cavs are looking for, you know, some young talent apparently. So, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see Kyrie and Carmelo involved in one deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because, like, to me, it seems like you know, the, the the Spurs are the ones who should get involved with this, and they should trade for Kyrie. Uh, I really feel like that would be what they need um, to to have any hope of competing with the with the Warriors, and. That makes a lot of sense to me. I see a lot of young Tony Parker in the style of uh, Kyrie, and uh, although better shooting,
1: so, does he move the ball enough? So I mean, like that's the thing about is about Tony Parker is that you know while he you know was a pick and roll point guard and sh- certainly scored plenty, uh, he also moved. He was a good ball mover. I don't know if Kyrie is good enough at at moving the ball. Now maybe culture change. He comes in and does it. I don't know. But the other thing is. If, if your language is, if, if what we're hearing is true, if the language is, I want to be the guy on my own team, uh, San Antonio seems like a poor fit for that kind of guy.
0: Yeah, which is why I, I don't know if that's really his motivation, honestly. I mean, I feel like you have to now decide, well, what is true of what we've heard? Is it true that he said he wanted to be the man or is it true that he wanted to go to the Spurs? Because those are both kind of opposite things so uh, I guess I'm just going to choose to believe that the Spurs were on that list that he wanted to go to and that just speaks more volumes to me anyway and I, I think he could do it I mean I think he could see they could show him what Tony Parker did and how he's able to mesh and figure that out and I don't know I mean remember yeah in their offense it's, it's a uh, they dribble you have to bring it over and then pass it and then you're into it and then all of a sudden he can get a lot of great shots out of that and there's certainly he wouldn't be worried about other teammates not passing him the ball back you know that you know I you know that's a, certainly a worry on a number of teams once you give that ball up, but not on the Spurs. So, um, yeah, I, I don't sure. know.
1: Yeah. I said that's true. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm I looking wonder looking for a way to get
0: the Spurs to, you know, take another step because they lost, they lost Simmons, which you don't think is as big of a deal, I guess, because they can replace him. We secretly replaced Jonathan Simmons with Rudy Gay. Let's see if they notice. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think they will notice, right? Uh, although it's, it might be better. Who knows? He could, he could be better than Jonathan Simmons, without question, after, after Achilles.
1: I think I think we're going to like Rudy Gay in that four spot a lot. Um, and we're going to see him. I, I bet we would see him there more than anywhere else. Uh, and, uh, you know, thinking about how to get Kyrie to San Antonio, I wonder if that's the way that they move LaMarcus Aldridge. Do they find Ooh. a home for Aldridge? I mean, because, again, if, if the Phoenix stuff with Aldridge is true, like if if Sarver really... Wants aldridge uh i like he wanted him 2 years ago then maybe you could still pull phoenix into this and, yeah. and make something work um well, i don't buy team. that yeah go uh, uh, no, ahead I, uh, I was like i don't buy that phoenix actually still wants lamarcus aldridge right uh, well there isn't another team
0: that back in the day that wanted aldridge uh, not long ago um in in new york and <laughs> you know that could be part of it as well, right? Where they could send Aldridge to the Knicks, Melo to Cleveland, Kyrie to San Antonio. Um, I don't know. And like, that, does that sound insane?
1: If if Phil's not there, do they still want or Aldridge? I don't think so. I just don't think so. I don't uh, know. I don't know uh, what they do with Aldridge. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't see a. I don't see a place to move them. It's. Yeah. it's yeah.
0: It's too bad cuz Aldridge is you know he is that that he's is the, the dinosaur. Him and Melo are sort of the last two dinosaurs not wearing helmets in the NHL. And um and so you know it's too bad because you know there is a lot of value to what he brings and he does help you. Um and I you know I we liked his defense a lot last year. I felt like you know that was that was a, was not a, a negative for them. So he he can help a lot of teams. Um but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll have to keep – I'll well, we'll have to wait this one out and just sort of see as things trickle in or, or as it just happens, we can analyze it better. But uh, I don't know. What else is going on in the world of the NBA?
1: Uh, I guess uh, most Spates is signing with the Magic. Okay. That's, oh, that's the other big one news. We're in the dead part of the summer. This is probably when we need to start talking about guys like uh, Luka Doncic. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I'm doing a video on him right now, hopefully getting it out by tonight. Uh, And I also uh, don't be don't be concerned, uh, Korkmaz fans, because he's coming up too very soon. Uh, The Turkish uh, contingency is very excited about that. But um, yeah, By, by the way, there are still a number of like pretty good free agents out there, which is why it's still so strange that it's that quiet. And I think we could talk a little bit. I mean, did we talk about the smoothing issue and how dumb that whole thing ends up being?
1: Yeah, it really, it really kind of shot the players in the foot by having all that money last summer. I mean, the right. market completely dried up this year. I mean, maybe you wouldn't have had the huge signings that you got last summer, but I think that guys overall would be making more money. You know, a guy who's still out there, uh, he's a restricted free agent. His is Noel still doesn't have a contract? Then he had an offer sheet.
0: So Dallas has their offer it's sitting on his table.
1: The qualifying offer.
0: Right. Oh, I see. So anybody can beat that and then they have to deal with it. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, that's interesting because there's a guy who for sure would help a lot of teams.
1: Yeah. Ian Very Clark, strong. still a free agent. And yeah. you and I thought he was going to get in the eight to ten. We thought he was going to get eight to ten million this year.
0: Yeah. And you we, know what? It's it's almost too bad because if, if they had waited with on Nick Young, they, there was no hurry to sign Nick Young. The Warriors could have let Ian Clark, like, hang out to dry a little bit and then realize, oh, crap, there just isn't a lot of money for me.
1: I, th- I think they could still bring him back.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, they go wear the cap, right? Yeah. But, uh, so. oh, that's interesting, too. But then again, they still wouldn't be able to offer him as much money as, like, anybody else. But then again, nobody else is offering him any money, at least as far as we know. I'm sure he's got offers they're just looking at, right? Imagine.
1: Right. But so uh, Michael Green's still out there. Gerald Henderson's still out there. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to focus on guys that I think uh, make sense, you know, like in the modern NBA. Right. Um,
0: and by the way, last year's, you know, spending spree isn't just going to affect people this year. You know, right. this is like probably two, three years of like right. I imagine because the number uh, the the uh, salary cap isn't going to go up very much either in the next couple of years. And just so people understand what we're talking about, the the NBA, the owners try to convince the players to smooth and not have this huge jump in one year, uh, and the players. I, I, you know, probably rightfully so were so uh, suspicious of the the owners, they didn't trust anything they ever would have told them. But it turns out, I think that was certainly one instance where the owners were trying to act in the best interest of everybody and the players got some really bad advice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Especially now that we we have the the power of hindsight. Because I was one of the people that was anti-smoothing. Because I just thought, you know what? I'm with the players, get their money, right? It's owed to them, get the money. But I think that the the smoothing with the escrow deal, I think that made a lot more sense. Now that I've had, you know, a year to kind of see how the market dipped, because they didn't anticipate this. They didn't anticipate spending as much as they spent last summer. That's why they thought the cap was going to be larger this year. And and by larger, I mean going into the beginning of last season, they were thinking that the cap might be 109 million this year. So an extra 10 million dollars, which we completely have changed the dynamics of this entire summer. So, right. um, you know, and then by mid season it was, it was, you know, tempered down to about one Oh two. And then we finally settled in that 99 that that we're at right now. And I mean, it's just a, it's a completely different world, but you know, there's so many guys I'm looking at the list and there's so many guys. I mean, there's Mason, uh, Mason Plumlee, who's a restricted free agent, which people thought he was going to get 10 to 13. Um, yeah, it's 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 really really weird, and, and there's just uh, not
0: there's hardly any teams that have cap space or like significant cap space anyway, right?
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of these guys signing for minimum deals, like one year make good type minimum deals, maybe signing for like the uh, the mini mid level and things like that. So there there are tools for teams to be able to sign guys beyond a minimum deal. Uh, you know, there's the biannual exceptions and all these other things and highly recommend going to Larry dot CBAFAQ.com if you want to, uh, kind of dig in on what, what all these things are. But, um, with that being said, there's still some players out there. So there, there actually are some, some contributors out there. I mean, Aaron Afalo, uh, Afalo is still out there.
0: Yeah, no, I know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of players out there and I think certainly by this time, in any other year past, they those guys are signed in the first, like, week or 10 days. Easy. And here we are, end of July, basically, right? Uh, what, what's the day today? 20-something. 24th. 24th. And, uh, you know, it, and there just doesn't seem to be any momentum at this point. Like, I think none of the teams, you know, their qualifying offers are sitting there and nobody sort of wants to beat them, you know, and, and, and you know, force anybody else to make a decision. It's it's strange. I guess, uh, you know, maybe everyone's sort of sipping pina colada somewhere and having a little vacation
1: sounds like a sounds like a good time to me. Um Javell McGee still out there. Dwayne yeah. Dedmon still out there. Yeah. Um, I hope
0: Javal goes back to the to Warriors. I, I really feel like one more chance and uh, to to learn a little bit more and get comfortable and you know he could he could challenge Zaza easily for that starting spot.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. I think I think by the end of the season uh Damon Jones will be challenging for that for that starting spot. He looked really, really great at Summer League.
0: Yeah. He looked like he was in shape. He was he was getting on the court fast. He was n- nailing some jumpers from the outside too. I mean, uh yeah, it's it's again, it's it's uh it's not fair <laughs> yeah. for the Warriors. But they 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 just keep getting better.
1: Well I mean and that's that's the hallmark of a good team. And now that we've hit our Warriors <laughs> we we've hit the uh the Warriors spot for the week. Yeah I think that's probably about it, right? Yeah I think that's it for 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 today. I'm hoping hoping we get some more Kyrie Irving news by the end of the week because if if you're Cleveland you have to you have to strike now. Like you want to get you want to get your roster set I think by the middle of August cuz you want to you want to move on and start filling out your roster with these minimum guys. You want to be talking to Aaron Afallo about coming in. You know, like you need to settle the Kyrie Irving stuff first. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. And you know, again, the one team that we had hope for that could even challenge did nothing uh, in in Washington. Uh, right, basically uh, no moves. I think Otto Porter is gonna they they re-signed him. Right, I think. Right.
1: Yeah, they did four years, one hundred six million. And then
0: they they picked up uh, didn't they pick up another guard or. It was, uh, is Bogdanovich coming? To, where is he going?
1: He Bog, uh, Bogdanovich is going to Indiana.
0: Ah, so they lost him. So you know they, they need you know some pieces still. But they, they, there was a chance that they could have done something. But maybe whatever. Either way, well we'll have to look at them in another time. But uh, Dave, yes, nice little quick uh, in and out uh, efficient podcast today talking about you know what we need to talk about. And um, I don't know. I'm going to be in Virginia at a camp uh, on uh, Wednesday, and then I'll be back again here to get some more work done. Anything coming up with you?
1: uh no no just podcasting trying to get work done you know preparing for the season yes getting uh, some of my guys in the gym that's that's my hope for the for the next couple weeks because we've been out of the gym for like a month okay
0: do that make it happen and uh we'll check in with you later this week and uh don't forget sports fans at ball breakdown we're not a channel we're a conversation you in are you in dave
1: yes i am